Welcome to the Fat Cats Rugby Podcast, bringing you candid rugby conversations, great interviews and insights into Ugandan rugby, and a touch of rugby in Africa and the world over. Fat Cats Rugby Podcast is a product of Fat Cats Media Brand for all your audiovisual content needs and equipment hire. Hope you enjoy this episode. In a crazy rainy afternoon, uh, the podcast have already found a solution. We are coming to you right from the conference of comfort in the Fedan Winnie and Ben Kisasi. It's a uh, turn of another week, and which means we still have more rugby to talk about. And today, um, there's a cut we fed so well that, that, that he had to return. Uh, Caesar, welcome back to, to the city. Thank you, thank you. And uh, the resident elite cut uh, safe from, from that uh, region by sevens and Nigo San party. Edwin, how are you doing? I need my voice back. <laughs> Aisha will be able to hear you for the entire time we're here. Man, pray. Pray to the Lord. <laughs> and uh, in a special way, we are joined by uh, um, chairman of uh, the second most successful, sorry, most successful club in the country. The most successful we are the most successful club in the country. Yeah, yeah. 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 I will call my residence tradition <laughs> to give me the details. Uh, but uh, Dr. Stone Roger uh, of the Kampala Old Boys. Thank you very much for having me, yeah. and uh, looking forward to beautiful rugby discussions. Yeah. Uh, I actually want to start from that. Do you know that most of your fans don't know Cobbs is Kampala Old Boys? They think it is that thing in the zoo. Yes, yes. So Kampala Old Boys is an acronym of, uh, I mean, Cobbs is an acronym of Kampala Old Boys. Yeah. It was uh, a team that was got together in 1963. Uh, rugby started in around the 1950s. And uh, the people who, who associated, it was usually divided against different lines, the white line and the black line. So most of the people in post-independence gravitated towards the, the black team, which kind of stayed and became Kampala Old Boys in 1963. Caesar, what is acronym? Stone said that. <laughs> the short form. The short form. Yeah. Abbreviation. Uh-huh. <laughs> See, you went to those interview schools, you have to check and see <laughs> Conveyor belt SS. But gentlemen, once again, thank you uh, for, for joining us on this uh, conversation. And this is this is mainly going to set uh, around uh, Dr. Stone and and, and your uh, uh, ascension into office and uh, how it's come along, and of course a few uh, difficulties that were in that run and everything. So um, you are you were the new you, you the newly elected chairman of uh, Kampala Old Boys and. Uh, um, I want you to take us through this uh, electoral process because, because you just didn't wake up one day and you're like, you know what, I think I should be chairman of, uh, of the COP. How did you get to uh, wanting to be chairman? And, uh, <laughs> uh, by default, I was in management of COPs when I came back from Impis uh, around 2007. Uh, but I, when I started my master's, I stepped back and I said I cannot do management. So when I finished my master's in 2010, I was club captain. So I've been in the XCOM since then. Uh, in 2017, when my captain was leaving, he asked me if I'm ready to be chairman. And I didn't think I was ready at the time because mm-hmm. of other commitments, personal here and there. So it's not that I have not been in uh, within the circle. Mm-hmm. So this is almost 12 years of experience in the man running the club. And uh, when I decided, I told him I'll do the term because my colleagues had come in and expressed interest. And I told them I'm really held up with different things. So I told them I will stand in the next election in four years' time. Now, exactly about that election, because I was speaking with Edwin sometime and he told me uh, 
there was more than one time that was to a cast and he thought he would, he would be the lawyer you, you were running to for a petition. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. This was uh, quite quite uh, a disorganized election of sorts, but we we decided for the Senate in the club. We let some things happen. We 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 thought and at some point had three avenues of voting, which was online uh, by proxy and by physical presence. So on the day of election, somehow the online votes were not counted. And were thrown off or were plugged off. So when uh, there were 20 postcards online and they had 15 and my opponent had 5, so when there was a tie, I clearly told the people organizing the election, if there's a tie, the online votes can simplify everything. Somehow, it was disorganized and thrown off. So we decided to settle for whatever the recount takes. Um, you're talking about online votes, and this is where I want to bring in Edwin. Now, talking about online votes and then, you know, in person. It, it takes me back to what was happening in the U.S. with the mail system and then the physical votes. You've, mm. you've, you've, been, you've been in club management somewhere. Uh, how, how, how would you judge the, the, the process that the Kampala boys uh, used for their elections? No, I think when it comes to online voting, the key issue is about credibility. Whether the vote is authentic from the person who is actually voting. The nature of votes is that they should be secret in nature, so you can't necessarily say that uh, once someone has claimed to vote, to have voted uh, online, there shouldn't be any other way to authenticate the vote because by then that person voting as such, the vote is deemed to be authentic at that point. So um, it, it comes, comes to show that you need uh, technology of sorts in clubs to be able to explore online voting. And I think it will become an issue and also you know Ugandans, if you use a proxy, you can never trust a Ugandan. He can just change. <laughs> he can just change his ways and say, ah, me, I voted. So maybe the alternative when it comes to online voting should be perhaps proxies who say that I am Edwin, I am in the US, and I am voting. I've appointed this person my proxy. His ballot, my ballot should say, uh, I've ticked so-and-so as chairperson to, for the proxy votes to be quite clear despite uh, the Ugandan nature of doing things. <laughs> Caesar, did you vote? Yes, I did. Online or both online and in person? No, I was in person. You were in person? Yeah. Did you vote for Dr. Stone? No, I didn't. You did not? Why? Hey. Listen, no, why? <laughs> uh, well, I, there were two candidates at that time. Yes, Lutwaman Stone. Yeah, Lutwaman, Dr. Stone. And for me, still believe that Isaac had a better chance of running the club better. Still believe. But uh, you, should have, you should be having reasons for that. I do. One, I had seen it happen. I'd seen it happen. And two, I believe in, I believe in, and now I am relatively new to the club. I joined the club in 2015. So I'm relatively new to the club. But I believe that because uh, when I, I joined in the time of Isaac as the vice chairperson and Robas as a president, and most of the work was being done, not disrespect to Rubas, but mo most of the work was being done by Isaac. And he knew the nitty-gritties of our movement. He, we all worked together. I mean, Dr. Stone was the director of rugby. Uh, I mean, Impis blames me for buying players that I was in. <laughs> I was conniving with Dr. Stone <laughs> to buy these players. But um, uh, 
The same people in the union, the same mistakes year in, year out, and no one says anything. And then we push everything out of the carpet. There's a time Cobbs, when we retired in 2009, they came up and banned us two points, then they banned a third point for not apologizing. And we're like, what <laughs> exactly is this? We're not running a handbag union, we're running a professional sport. You should be able to aspire to be professional. Sports is the biggest paying industry after movies. So you don't run a disorganized sport and you're saying you want to improve quality of care and services. So that's why we Cobbs put the foot down. And I told my ex com I am not doing this for politics or frustrating Chambogos run, but if next time they want to play, they should win all their games and be the legitimate person to be to the playoffs. And I told the chairman, we are not sure we're going to win the semifinals or the finals. So let's first cross the Rubicon when we get there. Then we can then discuss these things. Uh, Edwin, you are, you are Shambogo Rugby. Uh, you, you have your defined system. And then there's this thing, you know, at the back of your mind that box are uh, second team. You know, sailors are, are a second team. You know, stallions are the Shadono second team. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming, you, you know, that when, when box are number one, they aren't going to play in the, in the what? In the, in the qualifier. How, assumption how, is keyword. The assumption, yes. Yes. which is what the union is expected. How would you react to what Dr. Stone has said? No, I think he's right. Um, this was a union mess from the start. And maybe we should track back. The genesis started when uh, there was a space, a rugby space where the president came on. And for one reason, it was not recorded. I think for reasons like this. Now, the space, the president actually confirmed and said that if box is on top, they would not go through. He said it's quite clear that... Uh, these things are like that and whatever. So now um, what happens is that uh, they actually top and beated and whatever. So now um, kind of everyone thought that uh, Box was not going to participate. I'll so, build your, your conversation yes. with the union where yes. you said that they told you 60 days or something like that. Yeah, so the, the, the fine print was missing. So the thing yeah. is the document they sent wasn't clear on that. And I asked them to straighten it out next year. So that if you're a feeder side, you know even if you win, you're not going to participate. This document they sent that we signed, I signed in January, was very clear that it's an option of consideration. And plus minus, if we had a sponsor going forward, we would have thought about it because it's part of the long-term strategy. I was supposed to consider box getting promoted in three years. But then they played very well, but uh, among other things, it was an oversight on their side. So even the chairman saying that maybe he had not read the five print. But when you go back to the details, it's very clear-cut that the first person qualifies for the regional playoffs, which is what I think they've corrected now, so by next year it should be streamlined. Uh, it's, it's, it's actually a wonderful thing that uh, we, we saw the union getting pushed and pushed and pushed, and in, in the end, well, uh, the decision might not have made people happy because, well, we, we saw Box Pullout and Chambo was up in arms, and you know, it could have been us, but I, I, I believe that the decision was uh, aligned properly, and uh, going, going forward, uh, we can we can be able to see um, we can be able to see a uh, uh, good organization in uh, in in the way union is running these things. Caesar, I'm going to be coming back to you here because uh, uh, aside from Stone, you you are the other person who knows a lot more than Edwin and I about uh, the Kampala World Boys. Um, I had uh, had chance to, to look at the manifesto, and uh, Doctor Stone was very vocal about his background in in health and and how that is going to be one of his. Uh, points in the money to address um, players uh, and uh, injuries being taken being taken care of insurance and stuff plus uh, mental health 
want you to assess these eight months it's been in office. Specifically, the part of health mm-hmm. of players. players. Well, I how do I say this? Um, I will try and speak what I see. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not stating it's factual or anything. I'll try and speak what what I of see. Of course, you'll speak what you see, and, and he's going and to he will correct. Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Now, well, like he started earlier on. By the time he came into power, we are losing a sponsor. Most of the things, most of the things uh, that pertain to players' health. I mean, uh, things like the medical kit, things like strapping and all. Um, they are dependent on the amount of money that is in the club. So I don't want to come and crucify him if they are lacking because I can tell you before, when we had a sponsor, we had... Our medical kit was always fully, fully, fully. And then, and I want to... I want you to quote me properly. Mm -hmm. Dr. Stone's cronies used that medical kit. Dr. Stone's cronies, not him. Mm Dr. Strong's cronies used that medical kit <laughs> during the campaign. That <laughs> the former leadership was using that medical kit to save on money. And he didn't say this. I mm. want to clear this. Yes, he mm. he uh, as himself didn't say this. But, but his people, my mm. lord, they, they said that Isaac and used to use the medical kit. And then you find yourself that the players sometimes, some weeks don't have, most weeks don't have strapping. Game day, I'm okay. Game day, I'm okay. Actually, but you might find during the week, players don't have strapping, don't have things like med- uh, painkillers and all the things they use. And okay, and then you in some training sessions, you will not find a doctor because probably they're not remunerated or they're really busy because these doctors are really busy. So far, when it comes to medical kit, it is not as good as it was, but maybe because of the money constraints. As regards insurance, that's a very tall order, and he will explain that. It's a, I wouldn't come and say after one year of his tenure <laughs> or eight months, he has failed to get players insurance. The union has failed to get insurance for players. I can't crucify him over just a club. So I don't want to speak so much about uh, insurance. What I can tell what has happened, I, I almost attend every training session. Almost attend. I need to get alive. I attend. And you can tell sometimes players don't have strapping. This seventh season has been a bit challenging, and uh, sometimes you don't have strapping. You see them, Felix Caesar, can you get us some strapping? You see other guys coming in to help. And that's not entirely on Dr. Stone. No, reason, or, reason why I brought it up is because it was very, it was one of his strong points in his manifesto. Yes. He, he spoke about it on more than uh, four forums. Yes, uh, I was going to the, the few things I've seen that he has done. Okay. Um, I want to believe scans are more accessible now. Um, I want to believe scans are more accessible. The money might be an issue sometimes, but because of his stature as who he is, scans are more accessible. Hospitals are more accessible for our players. Maybe the hindrances that will be, we don't have the money to pay for these scans, and he can't keep doing everything because we don't have a sponsor. But... It's very hard to gauge the health part because the club has been constrained with money. And uh, contrary to what everyone believes, I will never crucify someone for not using their personal money for club activities. That, that's, 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 their that's, that's their money. So uh, it's very hard for me to gauge. I will tell you he, he hasn't done well, but you can't say someone hasn't done well when he, ha- he doesn't have the tools to help him to do well. Yes. So on health, I will not... I will not say he hasn't done well or what. Yes, 
the health of the the general health in the club the strapping the next the medical kit it's a bit of a struggle but it's not his fault it's no money yeah it's no money uh yes medical is uh, my strong point uh i told i've been there from 2007 mm-hmm. i run the best medical service in the uganda medical society all our staff were the doctors medical students and physios so when i kind of got busy in 2017-19 i kind of stepped back and I left one of my mentors to run it but medical is expensive the thing is uh, i won't talk about the financial mismanagement and everything that happened i was not part of it but uh medicine is expensive uh my friend byron here was injured and excited about surgery uh we had no sponsor we had uh 40 million and his surgery i think was 12 million and 13 some of the excom guys were like we can't spend a fourth of our money on on surgery we have 24 weeks to go we don't so i had to make a decision so i said no let's i talked to some people in coso they came down a bit and i used to work at coso before and i finished my masters so they discounted for us a bit and we covered that so for me primarily the player welfare is significantly important and player welfare is not only playing because if you get injured in rugby unfortunately you become useless and no one will take care of you you will fall off uh, the radar and so the visibility you get in rugby is by being on pitch and performing very well so when the second player tore his Achilles tendon that's player i couldn't squeeze the escrow again so i had to take the onus on myself and take care of his surgery in mulago which was again subsidized but still it came big chunk of it came out of my pocket and now he's on recovery to come back in the Uganda Cup that said we we had a season so much manage which actually got mismanagement and we had stopped started abusing the system where players would pick it on Thursday and we would take bandages ketep each each one is taking ketep home straps on Friday night comes back and we have two teams actually three teams the girls the boys the what so for something that was managed before that was put so usually it by kit at the beginning of season and the medical doctor comes with it every training session so deducts on it now we're paying the same amount we're playing for the beginning of season every two weeks because it was being used so part of the cost cutting was that so we realized we cannot have as much uh, medical kit at our, at our disposal but primarily the, so medical kit is medical system and management it's only not only the physical strapping and everything so it comes to timely intervention recognition of the injury resuscitation and imaging which we have very good so uh, one of the cobs members is a radiologist in sambia and he's given us any discount in terms of arthroscopies and imaging so it's some and ruby medical center came on board to give us discussions out of this we haven't officially come out as a partner but they are giving us a 20% discount on all imaging because sometimes people need to have ct scans it's it's kind of 250,000 so you've come to chill and you have two city cans to pay that's 500,000 going just in a, in a, in a flash in a 30 minutes after the game so so yes each club running a club is not for the faint hearted and also takes a big chunk of your pocket so you you have to balance lots of things i want refuse to give the person a city scan because they need it and yet it's not anywhere in the budget of the week yeah so the challenges but at least i am sure the systems on paper we have we have two three physios uh two doctors myself as the overall consultant in case they have anything but uh and urms template i've been when we formed urms in 
2004, we had a vision where many doctors playing rugby, me, Guma, Were, and Martin Otiek. And we said, let's do something for rugby. We didn't know what would happen now, but even the Kenyan Rugby Union approached me last two years ago and asked for our constitution. They had never heard anything about medical, medical preparedness and what they call emergency medical services to resuscitate patients before, even funds, because uh, the stadium management the URMS does on March Day is very significant because it prepares all the 10 or 15 medics for the day for preparations, not only on pitch, but even anyone who collapses. So medical for me is a big thing, and I think it, we've moved very well. One of my protégés, uh, Kalans, is now in charge of consultation on that world rugby. He's a medical trainer. Oh, that's, uh, yeah. that's quite amazing. Now, Edwin, he's, he's talked about uh, discounts uh, in, in terms of uh, alleviating the club's uh, monetary burden. And uh, I, want, uh, I, I, want you, uh, I want I want us uh, to speak about this. Uh, very many clubs actually always just look out for the money. Right? So, uh, what uh, what lessons should we should we be picking from Matsuna say because he, he's using his his network and doing some capacity building as well as getting some good deals. What 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 are the lessons for, for us here to pick union and, and also the yeah. clubs? Um, maybe before I answer that, I'll just say that because he's a doctor, he gives medical. Now me a lawyer, what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> this is my club in legal trouble. <laughs> You're giving guys ideas. <laughs> no, it depends. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, also us warriors also have some lawyers. Yeah, um it it goes to show how you have to have uh modern day solutions to modern day problems. Rugby as a sport, however entitled entitled as fans we are, seeking all these forms of sponsorship and whatever, it comes down to whether people find it viable to invest money in you. As and until they do that, you have to find a solution to run a club to keep people playing. I mean, we we go to see guys playing. If you say this guy is injured, they're like, ah, he's injured. And, and stories start from there. So the union and maybe clubs, what they could pick from this is that we need to find uh, solutions to things like that. That is leveraging our professional networks, our networks in uh, clubs like Rotary. I mean, all your circles that you can have to get some sort of uh, benefits for your players, especially. if I, I believe even if you don't have a sponsor as a club, your main focus should be on player welfare because at that point, players seem to look for the money so if you don't take care of them and you just throw the excuse of we have no sponsor, it becomes very difficult for you to have that player retention in your club. So the such aspects of uh, networking and having your professional circles be able to input uh, some benefit for players in your clubs as you steady your ship and okay, sorry for using pirates language, they lost <laughs> but anyway, to steady your ship and uh, and, and, and find your, your grounding where, as and when a sponsor comes on is very important. So it shows that, I mean, for someone who can do this, I don't even think on my, on my tab, I can even do half. So it's, it's commendable. And maybe, maybe other sports unions, they all have their stories that they have done in different ways, school fees, um, medical bills, uh, even uh, taking care of children, 
the, the list is endless, which which shows that we need to find an avenue where this this dripping out of money of my pocket should reduce, and at least prayers should have uh, a, a suitable, I mean, landing when it comes to club affairs. Uh, last time since I was here, um, the conversation was so much about structure, and we tried to you know break it down and everything. Today it is we are in a lot towards player welfare, and uh, it's, this this is going to bring me to something that, that we've seen so much online lately. Uh, rugby fans are calling for unionizing amongst the players. I, I want to hear what. Calling... Rug, rugby fans online are calling for unionizing amongst the players. Mm. I, I want to hear your check on that. Oh well. I can, I can commit to uh, player welfare. Um, for me, it's everything. Um, for me, we we uh, just since Cobdes, I mean, point here. After the election, we dwelt so much on the aftermath of the election and the two teams, the two clubs, the two clubs that the two parties that were going against. We forgot the most important part of that club, the players, the players, and that's where. That's where I, I can tell you I, I was on my feet looking for every single mistake Dr. Stone was making and his leadership. Mm-hmm. Every single mistake. And I forgot. I forgot the real reason why I support Cobbs. And those are the players. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I just channeled my energy until when I can, <laughs> until when the time comes for me to do politics, which I'm not really good at. But for now, I have to channel everything to player welfare. And I want to go on record and say thank you to Dr. Stone because the work they have done in a medical society, they are not paid anything by rugby, nothing. All doctors in all other sports, all the physios, all they're really not taking, unless when you get to the national sides, they're not paid anything, but you see them getting out of their way in all those clubs trying to, and I, I would like to thank them for that, to thank him for that on their behalf, that's one. But player welfare, and for me, player welfare is not about money. It's about presence. It's about, are you there for, with them? Are you, even, Cobbs has won trophies before when they don't have sponsorship. Cobbs has won trophies before when they don't have sponsorship. But how, how did they do it? Okay, rugby has changed a bit. <laughs> Dr. Stone's time, they could play. Because they were rich chaps. They could play. <laughs> and now players depend a lot on rugby. So yes, times have changed a bit. But... My point is, in whatever we do, in whatever every club we do, I'm speaking about my club, in whatever every other club should do, the center of everything we do for the club should be the players. Sometimes people say players are entitled. I mean, they have a right to be entitled. Because we sit and watch them break their bones for us to make noise. Mm -hmm. They have every single right to be entitled. And for me, that's what I want to point towards. I don't know about the unionizing of of the uh, with the players. What I want is for the players to take center stage in club. No politics, no differences. Players. Everything we should do should veer around players. If we are looking for sponsorship, what is the player going to get? What is the player? What's the cut the player is going to get? If we are looking for insurance, how is how is the deal? going to affect the player. Because at the end of the day, I will go to Legends, pay 5K, watch rugby, go it's back home. 10K. Yeah, 10K. <laughs> <laughs> go watch rugby, go back home. But then Byron will show up, warm up, break his leg, 
go for surgery. You know, we say we've taken him for surgery. It's not like surgery, they will look at him and they will heal. Nah, they're going to cut him, they're going to mend him, they're going to cut him again. So, for me, I want moving forward for my club, for my leadership, for everyone to center more about players. When you center more about players and everything else will fall in line, Dr. Stone can be my witness. I can call him every now and then about player welfare, about which coach is going to coach our players, which what the players don't have allowances here. And I, I'll never call him over here, which is his, was his biggest manifesto, getting us a stadium, a pitch. I'll never call him about that because for me, that's a, yeah, it's a big thing for Cobbs, but it's not a big thing for me because, I mean, we're, these players are more than anything. So he can, the other chaps of his leadership can work on the player while he's looking for. As long as the players are okay. For me, that's what that's my biggest issue. Maybe on unionization. Um how do I say it? You know, rugby the rugby players in Uganda are a bit um polarized. There's a lot of difference. However much they play the same sport and they take they, they get the same injuries, they make the same tackles, they score the same tries. They kind of have their differences. In one or the other, you could say maybe it's because of their clubs, the Chadondo Legends, uh, Kings Park, whatever, Entebbe, Impis, whatever. So to get all those guys on board is going to be a very big problem. It will take like three years to get them on board. What I would recommend, freely good advice, by the way, you get leaders from different clubs and it should be independent of chairman. These should be players themselves who will come and sit down and make a round table of sorts of players, preferably two from each club, and sit down and work out the modalities of how they can get together. Because we will always shout this, unionize, unionize. But at the end of the day, if they do not make those overt steps, they're not going to go anywhere. And at the end of the day, they need to be strong. They need to get leaders because the leaders are the ones who are always compromised. Yeah, the leaders are the ones who are always compromised. They'll tell you that, yeah, we are going to agree on a, uni- on a unionization plan, but uh, this guy came and told me that we can't do this because if we do this, the sponsor is going to go away. So you need guys even who cannot be necessarily leveraged out of an aspect of unionization with, with uh, their fellow players. So it comes down to the players themselves. Are they ready to do it? Are they ready to take on... Okay, not 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 a, in a violent way, but I don't even take on the establishment because I'm telling you, if they actually make steps to do so, it will obviously, however good unionization is, people in management will look at it as a way of trying to be violent, trying to advocate for rights that make them look bad. So that's the main. They will not see the benefit that comes with yes. it, even if they put a constitution with ten objectives. The other eleventh objective, I'm sure, is to shout. For money and that is what guys in management don't want to hear so they will fight it however much they can they will dedicate resources to fight it um but you have you have a point about that we, we when i played my first cup in 2003 my one of captains then was robert Segre. yeah very uh, rest in peace he mm. was on fire and i think he brought it up from i think ian walk and some seniors were like you know what you guys have been playing rugby for long Please unionize and do something. And he went about it with vigor. But like you said, if you don't hold your sway, past uh, the management, you look at it like you're failing for more money and straining them. So, uh, as usual, 
they started cutting clips. The guys in the pirates were like, we're not happy about their content to the status quo. Uh, next thing, the next year, he's dropped as captain. I think Magona comes captain and he died the death. Next time I hear about it is when I think I was retiring in 2011. But I didn't take it so, take it so serious because, like you said, the, the bigger picture has to be the benefit it is to the players. And even if it's 10 points, it shouldn't be a threat to the union. Because the FA has players association that advocates the 2099 World Cup or 2003 World Cup, the captain of England pulled out the whole team, I think a few months to the World Cup, yeah. until they, uh, Martin Johnson made a sit-down strike, mm-hmm. until the England rugby pulled up their socks and paid all their dues and contracted the professional money to the England rugby team. That's how they went on and I think won the World Cup. They I think, yes. yes. Yeah. But the year before there was ruckus in England rugby. But the players sat down and said, no, these are peanuts. We can't play like this. We need more money from the union if we're giving you our time and our attention. So, so there's, there's ways you can, you can improve and advocate for player welfare, but it has to come from the players and not driven. Because that time it looked like it was a child under thing. Uh, when Sogi was dropped, it was hushed, hushed, and then it died the death. But it's something that the current players should do for themselves and the next future generation of players because you rugby is not anything you play for a long time and if you don't have structure that guides and governs will always dance to the tune of the union and will not be hold them accountable but it's it's something they should consider going forward um Caesar looked into our notes and uh, spoke about uh, our next uh, you know our next point for um you, you, your manifesto talks about uh, getting cops from legends because uh, for the yes. first number uh, months we've seen that legends management isn't so happy with with Ukraine rugby they have made a few events not going their way so um and your manifesto says that yes. uh, you want to take the Kampala old boys away from that place yes. um uh, so I, I want to know how yeah we've, we've made so much progress and uh part of the issues i was telling some of the fans who were making noise i'm like we have every 12 months we report back to the members and that's going to be done at the AGM, but we already have identified three different sites. Uh, one in Kulambiro, one in Kawempe, and one in Busukuma. So we yeah, just need... Kawempe. Yes, <laughs> Kawempe. So we, we have enough sites, but there's a fourth one also coming. Uh, but that's the university hospital that's going to be built in Katalemo. And I'm the project coordinator, and part of the stadium, I want to earmark it for rugby. But they, there are four options that I'm going to explain to members. They obviously come with financing which is our biggest challenge. Until we get a sponsor, I can't cause, like the Kulambiro land is almost a billion shillings to pay uh, the f- four and a half, five acres, but it's almost a billion shillings to pay what they call, what they call it. When they give you 19 years lease or 29 years lease, so no one will come if you don't have a sponsor. So all these things, they're moving parts, but uh, we have good enough 11 acres somewhere else in Busukama and Kawempe, but also we discussed with one of the guys who's the latest Cobbs fan, Amos Wakesa, and he's already doing a pitch in a stadium in uh, somewhere else, 135 acres, just 35 kilometers out of Kampala. And he has a stadium, but he's going to be at international standard. So we're still thinking about different options, but yes, that primarily is one of the drivers, but uh, among other things we have straightened up is club affairs. So we will report to the members at the AGM, which may be in November, December. Um, Caesar, Pirates going to Gregory has built a, a different rugby community there. 
So let's say our course what what you go to Kawempe or thirty five kilometers from Kampala at this time. Uh, how, how how do you see this helping your club? Or oh, it will help the club greatly, mm-hmm. greatly. I, well, having yeah. a, a set a pitch of your own, we will talk about revenues. We will talk about how many revenues you would get. You'd get from, I mean, like you said, we pay ten k to watch clubs, uh, play at legends, and all that money goes to legends. Legend. Yeah. Uh, how much more would it, would it, would it, you couldn't even say. Get collection every weekend will be in charge of player welfare, and the money would be enough. So, uh, having a home changes everything, and I, I, I hope, I dream, I, I know. Even when I hope all these plans that Doctor Stone has, even when he leaves power, he can help whoever comes into power after his tenure is done to guide them because it's the biggest thorn we have as cops not having a, a home, a home to call around. Every now and then you hear Danny wants to sell legends. Danny has sell legends. November they're chasing away. <laughs> people from Cre- sorry, King's Park. People from I, King's I, Park. Keep, I, I, keep I, mocking I, us. What do you want exactly? You're trying to sneak it in. <laughs> <laughs> if I was ranting, I would have said it. People yeah. from King's Park keep mocking us that they're going to chase us away from legends and then we'll pay Busulu to them. It's it's a, it's a bit, it's a bit. But so if ever we we he achieve that, it will be a land what we call a landmark, landmark uh, achievement. And we hope it would change the course of rugby of cops as as a club. I would. It would be amazing. It's what everyone dreams of. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyone else to 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 like you so much. So um, I I think I'll I'll ask this I'll ask this final piece. Um. You are departmental head at work. Yeah. You are right now a chair person. Yeah. And uh, at home, people call you daddy. So h- how are you going to be tackling all, all these things? Because I know on Saturday, we keep saying Saturday's rugby day, but I'm sure little ones want to see that inside as well. We all have, uh, yes, I've been doing this for quite some time, so it's not news to me. I, I strike a balance. We all have 24 hours, how we plan our time. So... If it's work time, it's Monday to Friday, it's strictly work time, and maybe evenings will be for rugby, then the weekends you'll obviously partition on your time. In the morning you'll be the family and kids, and you tell them not to look for you after 4 p.m. on Saturday p.m. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so you'll get a few WhatsApps here and there, but you'll say we shall we shall finish all the discussions in the evening. But yes, so it's it's a crazy juggle, yes. But uh, I learned one thing about management, it's delegation. So... Uh, if you have a strong team behind you, you don't have to, to go doing all these things, which was uh, part of some things guys were saying in the campaigns. I'm like, you don't expect the chairman to come and sweep legends or wash kit with Daudi. So yeah. if you have a team manager that does the job efficiently and tells you ABCD and reports back to you, if you have a medical doctor telling you we have these x-rays to do, the CT scans to do, then it makes it easier for you to coordinate even when you're not there. Mm-hmm. If the coach tells you these players have this issue, you address it. So it's it's really delegation. And again, I was with Ian Walker, who was a very good friend, and former chairman, Chad Dondo. He said, you know, don't let delegation do the work to an extent and build teams because you don't want the chairman to be worrying about kit that is not washed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that should be the team manager's job. There's people that have been there. That was stuff they did long time ago. You know, the chairman to be worrying about bandages that are not bought. Yes, you facilitate that. 
and the team manager and treasurer and the medical people will sort that out. If there's an injury sort out, then you can help the club in that direction. So sometimes having a very good strong team that is working and uh, focused on the club, then you can have these things done. I was in Impis, we didn't have much uh, organizational structure, but part of working with sponsor then, Hima Cement and their uh, media edge, helped me realize that, and we ran the biggest tournament in 2006, which gave us the money to start the beach of Impis. Uh, Uda Botekan left in peace, but I said, no, let me, <laughs> let me leave it there. But it, it woke up my eyes, and I started this from 2000. I so, sure didn't buy a car. So, no, no, no it was, it, you should know the story, but Abu Mayanja was my treasurer. He's yeah. a Cops fan now. But but delegation and key, we'd start planning for the tens eight months earlier, and we knew who's going to be where, which stall is going to be where, and I didn't have to, to come on the day and worry about uh, how things are going to operate. So... So delegation is key. That's how I struck my balance. Um, Edwin and Cesar, I want you to prepare your final nuggets in a minute for Dr. Stone, but as we summarize this, um, there are four months left of less than okay, four months left yeah. until you, you are being held accountable for, for the first 12 months. Uh, what, what should the COP stakeholders be looking forward to that meeting? Primarily, we'll give an account of what we've done for the whole year because it's not been easy. Uh, well, there's been noise being made left, right, center, but no one is giving the fact that we've run six months without really stressing anyone and asking the funds, but we still need the funds. Like you told you, some of the Cubs funds can't get entitled and they'll not ask because of the club, but because they want to look for the negative of Dr. Stone. So you accept and take all these things. But uh, my manifesto is clear. The things I've done are there. On the pitch side, we still have challenges. We, we hit a bump on our team. Took us to poor starts and everything, but uh, I've been in rugby so long to know that we are there four-year cycles. You can't stay at the top for three to four years for long. So you hit a bump, then pick up. How you pick up counts. Some years, some clubs take over four years to pick up. Some take one year. So I'm not oblivious of the fact that maybe after the success, we shall have a few, few speed bumps. But as long as we structure ourselves very well, definitely. I'll be explaining these things to them according to that. Yeah, I mean, uh, it shows the dynamics of club politics. Uh, this is the first we've had. Usually, have union politics. Now we have <laughs> decentralized it to uh, club sport, club politics. Uh, it shows that um, one that uh, sacrifices are really made when it comes to aspects of uh, leadership in Ugandan rugby. And now the question becomes, how do we uh, structure clubs in a way that clubs don't necessarily have to... Leadership in clubs is not really one of uh, a cash cow that takes your money. I mean, he says he's a family man. Now you go and say that, ah, this money is for this guy's injury or something like that. So it shows you that um, leadership is a mantle that if taken, you have to be hands on deck and work with a team that can um, help you achieve your goals. And then it also comes down to aspects of funds being over to buy into your vision and um, seeing you succeed. Because at the end of the day, as Cesar said, it's for the players. We are here because of the players, not because of funds. Funds can come and go, but players will always remain. So it shows you that leadership and, uh, and funds and players are all together. They have to work as a team to work uh, for the team to win on the pitch. Well, um, my last 
my last my remark my last remarks about this are what I asked Doctor Stone personally as Caesar and as a cops one. Um, he's he's big on delegation, uh, as I've noticed. He's big of delegation. All I ask him is he reigns in on his team because the chaps he delegates to are sometimes eh? gosh almighty. <laughs> so <laughs> I, 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 I need him to rein, I need him to rein in on his team. Um, uh, you will find a situation where fans are the ones uh, talking on behalf of the players. We have a club captain. Yes, he's busy and he's, he's, he's going through a lot and work and all, but I need him available. And communication. He needs to improve communication between the club and I want to call fans entitled. I don't want to use the term entitled fans. A fan is a fan. And at least, let's say members, members of the club. We need to improve communication between our leadership and the club. I, I want to talk as much as I can so that I don't wash my dirty little. <laughs> um, um, being what, what I ask are three things. One, improve communication between the leadership and let's not wait for the AGM because there's so many things that are happening. We had we had a team, uh, we had Cubs sending out a team that is less, less, not as strong, a weak team because of issues here and there. Let's improve communication. Simple communication. Let's improve communication. We all know we are struggling as a club, but we are picking up because of this whole sponsorship stuff. But we are picking up. Let's have better communication. One, two, rein in on his fellow leaders because when he's on, it seems everything revolves around him and if anything, a problem comes, uh uh, chairman. If something good happens, they excom. You get it? When it's good, excom. When it's not, it's the chairman. And we have a right to attack the chairman until he reigns in on the chaps he delegates to. And lastly, lastly, please, please, let's take, off, take care of our players. Everything else can be delayed, but anything regarding the players cannot delay. And there we shall fight until kingdom come. Thank you. We suggestion box today. <laughs> I can I can so uh, my, my, yes, my primary assets are the players. And uh, when when the outgoing guys involved them in politics, I admonished them and said this is the worst thing you'll ever do. But they went ahead. I said, fine, we can play this game. And you're being economical with the truth, but let's not go online with our data in it. Otherwise. The, the issue comes, in academia we have disagreeing, diverging points of views. Yeah. That I mean you don't respect the other part of the yeah. If And I've told this with the people who, I try to give an ear to some people, and then I realize stepping back is the best option, because you reach out to them and you say, what is the issue? Someone is a fan, has never won a jersey, and says, uh, the coach you selected is not worth it. I'm like, but he's been assistant for three years, he has won all the games, Cubs. What are you using to base that on? Mm. So you try to explain the point, then they say no, but you see the players in both you. You don't realize you're actually going through petty politics. Yeah. yeah. So which is what I, and some people don't know how to take it. Some of the people who will not tolerate uh, this discourse, which is disrespectful, they'll go out and say, but I'm not going to fight all the wars. So if you're discussing in a bar about rugby and cops, you carry on. But as long mm. as you, if you have a genuine logical discussion and a solution, like the noise which has been happening. I asked, what is the solution? You've not done anything for six months because uh, something has come up. All the Harambees have been there for almost 10. You say you're going to do a party for the team, nothing. But you're the first to make noise that there's no allowance. Yeah? 
allowance of last year. So there's, there's lots of politics that I choose to step out of, and the bigger picture for me is the players who are my assets and the club, because uh, if you start throwing stones at all the dogs on the road, you'll never get your direction. So you have to steer clear of something. And the bigger picture is rugby, development of rugby. We, Cobbs is a pedigree club. If we start going down to Chikubo and the winner discussions of throwing handbags left, right, center, yeah, it makes sense. So you look at the bigger picture, and I choose intentionally not to involve. Those are players in their own right, not my people, not my cohorts. They are you people sorting yourselves out with discussion is should, and should be encouraged because, like you say, the players are entitled, but also the fans should be entitled. So these things are deliberations, but if it diverts us from our primary goal, which is being the best club in the country, then I step aside and I focus on what drives me to better the club. So there are, there are challenges uh, that can be uh, there, but like you said, if we have teams that work, for me is what counts. I, I prefer results. If you have a challenge and you get a solution, I'll listen to you. But if you come and you're not, you're off tangent, then you really don't merit my time. It's been, it's been wonderful having this conversation with you, and uh, I can assure that we are, we are going to be calling you back very soon. Without a doubt, we need to discuss proper things. <laughs> whatever, whatever happens in Cops, we'll be calling you to assess and you know, give us the, the ins and outs of, of every deal. But uh, thank you for spending your time and joining Lafat Katia for this podcast. I, I believe Caesar has Caesar, Caesar, Please, we cannot leave this podcast without talking about last weekend, guys. The boy is brought sexy back. Since I finish, since I'm with you on this one, finish that statement. We have regained our home. King's Park is back to its owner properly and will never go back again. And we'll beat Axe Gang properly. The most successful team at King's Park. The fans and the management. For everything they did for us to get back, wait for Fort Porto. Shaking that these table they will fall on the Thank you very much. Thank you very much. and Doctor Swan, thank you for making the time to chat about Cobbs. And I'm sure as as things do change in the club, we'll be calling you back for more insight. Edwin, thank you for joining in as as always. And if you've been watching, I've been in the comfort of the Federal BNB. Of course, after here we'll have a few things to eat and. Uh, put on our threats. You, you can also be part of this enjoyment. Come to Chisasi and uh, we're sure you'll have a good time. Thank you for watching Podcast Podcast. Until next week. Thanks for listening in. Share with us your thoughts from today's episode. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel.